0: I need to sing the National Anthem.
1: I can. Hey, I know it. Love it. It makes me just like... Oh, blesses my, my heart. Good morning. Isn't it good to be here? Amen. I am glad that you are here in the Lord's house. If you're watching online, hello and good morning. And we're glad that you are here. Glad to that you can see us. And to know that you are present. And that the Lord is here with us. Amen. Amen. So, the month of... February, if you have not yet purchased your items for our shoe boxes, please bring lots and lots and lots of toothbrushes. A whole pack of of those, um, you know, five, they have four or five in the pack would be great. We'd like to send a whole pack or, or three four individual ones four five individual ones with each box so that's a goal of ours this time please do bring those things and floss or those little bags of flossers are are good as well Uh, also if you do not have a chance to go to the store or you just not not interested in that part of it then you can give some money for the shipping cost it is ten dollars this year or if you don't have any money, then please bring us some boxes. We have quite a few already, and we just trust that that that's just a good start on what the Lord's gonna do for us. We want more than forty six boxes. That's that was our uh, that was how many we had last year. We used every single box we had, so we want to do more than that this year. the The baby bottles that y'all got for the Uh, Crisis Pregnancy Center. So Lake Norman Crisis Pregnancy Center has two locations. They have one in Morrisville and one in Huntersville. So uh, either one of those places can possibly benefit from the money that we're giving. I don't know how they dole it out exactly, but um, we are going to be turning in our bottles by Sunday. Next Sunday is the it's the time to turn in those baby bottles. Now, whatever you have in them, that's great. Thank you so very much. If you want to add to it, I was saying to Shane this morning, I said, we've got to get our, our baby bottles in. We've got to get some more uh, change in there. And he said, well, can I just put cash in? And I said, I don't, I guess that's fine. Cash or, or, cash or check or, or change. He said, well, I just like to keep my change. I don't know. He he has he has Shane logic, and that's fine. So he should put some cash in there, anyway. But uh, please do bring back your your bottles. You can return them uh, this coming Wednesday, or you can return them this Sunday. We would like to, to have them back by then, so we can take them to the crisis pregnancy center. Also, if you well, in a few weeks it's going to be first Sunday meal. That of course on the the first Sunday of March. But the second Saturday in March is going to be the crisis um, crisis counseling seminar. And that is at Grace Covenant Church. If you would like to participate, just let me know. I've already had some people say that they would like to go. It's We're going to be there at 8.15 to register. And then uh, it's all day till 4.30. So <laughs> so uh, it is free. Um, there'll I don't know that they're providing any lunch, but there's plenty of places around there to eat. So we can hang out and and have lunch together. So any other announcements? Not that I can think of. Uh, The month of this month is is our share the love. Next month, our focus is going to be on prayer. But this month, as we're sharing love, I hope that you are meeting that challenge of showing love every single week. In some way, if you are interested, um, there is the Samaritan's Purse organization is raising money for those who are in Syria and Turkey. They now the death toll is twenty five thousand people out of that earthquake. Yes, it started. It started with a few thousand, but now it has it has grown. They're clearing out the rubble. Uh, that it was a terrible, terrible earthquake, 25,000 people so far, and they, and they haven't gotten through everything yet. So if you would like to donate to them as a, a part of your sharing love, and that's that's you know uttermost parts of the world, those are places that we may never go. So if you'd like to do that, it is on their website. I will link it to the newsletter tomorrow, uh, but that, that is something. That's a way that you can help and, and participate in sharing love helping those who were over there. Because within a couple of days, they Samaritan's Purse flew over there with, with a relief effort to, to help those people. So um, we went to a—I'm doing what he asked. Uh, we went to a—we went to the prayer conference. Um, Mom and I went on Thursday, and the speaker in that morning was—, it was talking about leadership and, and church growth and that sort of thing and that was the, the point of what he was saying and he said I want y'all to do something and you can tell them that I told you to do it. And he said when you go back to your churches on Sunday I want you to tell your people that your church is valuable. So he made us do it so I'm gonna ask y'all to do it in just a second. We're going to say that. We're going to declare that verbally because the things that you say make a difference. So we're going to say, my church is valuable. Okay, so we're going to do that. Okay, so one, two, three. My church is valuable. We have to believe that. We have to accept that to understand that we have value within our community. And he said to us, make sure that you express to your people that that you are not just here to... Well, of course, we're here to fellowship. We're here to, to be encouraged one with another. But we are here because of this community. We are here to minister to those in Cornelius and the surrounding areas. We are here because people are are dying and suffering, and they, they don't know Jesus. And so our purpose, the value of our church is to win the loss, to witness to people, to help them to know that Jesus loves them. Amen. Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. We lift you up and we give you honor and glory. God, I thank you and I praise you for each and every person who is here. God, for those who are watching online, we just we thank you that we have that capability, that we're able to to participate that way. God, I just pray that you would work and move in it. Each and every life. God, there is no one who is here by accident, but we are all here for a purpose. Lord, our intention today is to come into your presence. Our intention today is to praise you and give you honor. God, our intention today is to receive from you everything that will answer our prayers. God, we just ask that you would have your will in this place. Lord God, we thank you for the value that is our church. Lord, we thank you that we have a place in this community and you have a purpose for us. God, we thank you, we understand that we are called to be salt and light and we just ask that you would impress upon each and every heart today that we would work as one god that we would be unified in the power of your holy spirit heavenly father fall down fresh on us today work and move in our lives that we honor you and please you in all that we say and do god i just ask you that you would open our ears and our hearts today that we can hear and respond to the things that you want to say to us we thank you we praise you in jesus name Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
2: (laughs) Miracles when you move, such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every lazarus your voice is calling me out and right now i know you're able my god come through again you can do all things You can do all things but fail Cause you've never lost a battle No, you've never lost a battle I know, I
0: know You never will
2: Sing anything's possible Everything's possible by the power of the Holy Ghost. A new wind is blowing right now, breaking my heart of stone, taking over like it's Jericho. And my walls are all crashing down. And right now, I know you're able. No gone, come through again, you can do all things, you can do all things but fail, cause you've never lost a battle, no you've never lost a battle, I know, I know, you never will, You can do all things You can do all things But fail Cause you've never lost a battle No, you've never lost a battle I know, I know You never will You've never lost a battle You've never lost a battle You've never lost a battle battle. you never will. Sing that again. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. Lord, you've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Because you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. I know, I know. You never will And you can do all things You can do all things but fail Cause you've never lost a battle No, you've never lost a battle I know, I know You never will Sing, I know I know, I know You never will Yes, I know I know You never will Thank you, Lord
1: The battle belongs to the Lord this morning Amen, amen Thank you, Lord You are so good, Lord We praise you this morning We thank you We thank you
2: Jesus When darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken no I won't be shaken Cuz my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand near your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love Shame no longer has a place to hide I am not a captive to the lies I'm not afraid to leave my past behind I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken My fear Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, oh, I'm standing cause there's power that can break off every chain there's power that can empty out the grave there's a resurrection power that can save there's power in your name power in your name My fear. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. No, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, I'm standing because my fear doesn't stand a chance when I Stand in your love, no my fear Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, no my fear. It doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, no my fear Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear. It doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Praise your name, Jesus.
2: Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. know oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the Sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God Yes I am Free at last Free at last He has ransomed me His grace runs deep While I was a slave to sin Jesus died for me Yes He died for me Who the sun sets free, always free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes I am I am chosen I am chosen Not forsaken I am who you say I am You are for me Not against me So I am who you say I am I am chosen Not forsaken I am who you say I am you are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We understand that you
1: love us. That you love us, that you make a place for us. God, we are never rejected because we belong to you. Claim this
2: today. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am I am who you say I am You are for me, not against me I am who you say I am Oh, I am who you say I am Yes, I am who you say I am Who the sun sets free Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. Praise your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Lord, we praise you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
2: I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days. I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. Cause all my life you have been faithful. In darkest nights, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. Because all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Sing, your goodness is running. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender and I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now and give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me.
1: Because all my life.
2: Of the goodness of God. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Has he been good this morning? Give him praise. Thank
1: you, Lord, for your faith.
3: hitting hard against the vehicle. Um, I said, The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. Just like the day of Pentecost, the wind is blowing again. I'll tell you, the wind will blow when we're ready. Amen. The Lord will blow on any of us that are ready and willing. He's looking for a willing vessel. He's looking for an open vessel. He's looking for a vessel that says, Okay, Lord, come right on. Bless me again. He is good. Amen. And great songs this morning. Every one of them. We could comment on them all. But God is good, I tell you. He's good to me. And I think about, Sister Powell, the, the strength that he's given back to me from the sicknesses that I've had. And I have just praise him. Uh I just praise him, Amen. He is good. Somebody else would like to praise the Lord a moment this morning in this service. Amen. Yes. Amen, Sister Julie. Praise the Lord. Oh God. Hallelujah. God is always and only good, isn't He? He's only good. Praise God. Another prayer or another blessing and praise to the Lord. Do You have it this morning. Amen. Praise God. He is so good, isn't He? Glory, glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is so good and I love Him. Oh, he, He's changed our lives, hasn't He? He just changed our direction, changed our focus. Change what we think and how we think. I just love him. He's good God. And we can't praise him enough. Amen. And Psalmist in 47, 1 said, Oh, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Give him glory and honor, for he is new all of our glory and all of our praise. And I praise him today. Amen. Praise
4: him. God praise God, amen. Glory, glory.
3: Good morning, and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. For all of you who are looking uh, online, I want you to know we're praying for you too. You, you might the devil will tell you, well, they're not praying for me. I go down every pew every day, every pew, and hit every name on every pew. So you, if nobody else is praying for you, I'm praying for you every day. Because I want you to get better. I want you to feel good. I want you to be back in church with us. And I pray that. It's time to receive our tithing offering if our usher will come at this time. adjourner will you say the blessing over of the offering for us this morning please
5: morning. It's good to be here this morning. Good to be here and not at work. So thanks for your prayers, Brother Mike. (laughs) Appreciate it. It's now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Brother Mike. continue prayer for brother mike's family summer and his wife oh, yeah, healing in his wife's body gretchen yes let's pray for gretchen's finale and let's pray for pop pop's back sister judy Let's pray for Sister Judy's granddaughter and grandson. Anyone else? Sister Joyner. Yes. 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 I believe the weather not so great. The mountains in the mountains. So pray for Sister Robin that she gets there safe and back home safe. Continue prayer for you, Lisa and Dean. Sister Keller, thank you by her this morning. So, I pray for Sister Keller. Anything, anyone else? If not, raise hands for our unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord this morning.
0: Every time I try to make it on my every time I try to stand, and start to fall. And all those lonely roads that i trembled traveled on, there was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground. When the friends I had were nowhere to be found. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it. Well, there was Jesus In the way, in the searching In the healing, in the learning Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Heaven me Yeah.
5: So, Sister Shuggy, uh, if you're watching, we love you and we miss you and praying for you. All right, it's now time for prayer requests. I'm sorry? Fellowship. We can do it all over again. <laughs>
0: you fell peace in the valley you made where you're not meant to be where the shame throws shadows on you but don't you forget that you're headed to war but you settle for less told by the lie. it's as good as it gets the same feet that
1: Good morning. Again, um, mom said, it says join us for first Sunday meal today. Don't, <clears throat> there's no first Sunday meal today because today's not first Sunday meal. Um, <laughs> I guess that one just didn't get deleted. No worries. But, um, <laughs> but hey, if y'all, uh, if y'all want to, uh, come to the house for the Super Bowl, you let me know. We, we're going to have a whole bunch of food, a whole bunch of food, um, we went to the grocery store last night. Now we're gonna go home and cook a bunch. But we uh, went <laughs> to the grocery store last night. It's like, all right. Well, we need this. Well, we need this too. No, we don't need that. Yeah, we do. We need to. And so, <clears throat> so Shane got extra chicken, and I uh, um, got some. Uh, I conned him into making some guacamole. So we're gonna have at least two extra things that we hadn't planned for. So. Y'all want to come over, y'all come right on. I'm not going to announce my address right here. In front of everyone. <clears throat> Love y'all. But um, anyway, so we are looking today at our, our mental health. We're still there. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. And last week we talked about our regrets. And when they're seen through the perspective of God's expected end, they look much different. So regret can become a rescue. We saw that. For those of you who didn't hear our message last week, you really need to look at it. I know. Well, you know, if you do, right, I wouldn't have to look at you. Um, (laughs) But our regret can become a rescue that the things that we look at as a a problem, an issue in our lives later on can be a setup for God's plan we see that God sees us he knows where we are and nothing that happens to us is a surprise to God and that he is directing our steps the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord he directs our ways so today we confront the emotions of fear and love. Fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion. Yeah, really, to say the very least. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous or likely to cause pain or a threat. Fear can be positive. Okay, When we think about fear, normally we think... In the negative, but fear can be positive because sometimes it keeps us from dangerous situations. You know that voice that tells you to stay away from the edge of the cliff. <laughs> don't get too close. you you should be afraid that you're going to fall off because it's it's normal. It's logical to have those types of respectful fears. Don't get too near a bear. No, don't that sort of thing. But. Sometimes fear can be negative and debilitating when it keeps us from trusting God. God's word tells us that the fear of the Lord is wisdom, so the respect, the honor of God is, is wisdom, but that the fear of man is pointless. Jesus said to the disciples, Don't, don't fear a man who can only destroy the body, but you You fear the one who can destroy the spirit, the soul. That's the one that you should be worried about, concerned about. The spirit that causes us to be fearful and timid, that spirit is not from God. That type of fear, timidity, is not from God. But then we see on the flip side, love. Love as, there are numerous Greek words for love, phileo, eros, but the one that we're going to focus on today is agape. To feel a deep affection for, agape is the highest love. So both love and fear are choices. These people, <clears throat> oh bless it, and I, I don't know, mom made me a little too logical, I suppose, but this this idea of falling in and out of love with somebody love is a choice now you may <laughs> that person may lose their attractiveness <laughs> and that's a different type of love but the choice to love is always ours they're tough choices so we ask today which one will you choose we're going to be in First John chapter 4 John, the beloved disciple, was the one who was writing this letter. It was to be circulated among the churches in Asia Minor. It was believed that John became the kind of the state overseer of the church of Ephesus. So he was very familiar with the churches that were around this area. All those churches that he talks about in Revelation, those seven different churches, he would have known them very, very well, very intimately, because he was over those churches. So, it is sometimes suggested that uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John were were written in reverse order because uh, 3rd John is not nearly as long and deep in theological ideas. So, 1st John is very, very deep. So, it's possible that they were, that 1st, 2nd, 3rd John should actually be flipped. I guess 2nd would be the 2nd, but anyway. Anyway. the book was written, this book, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the Gospel according to John were all written to combat Gnosticism. I know this is a lot of stuff, but I I find these things interesting, and it kind of sets up the idea of the book. So Gnosticism is the idea, oh, I'm sorry, y'all, it's his birthday, happy birthday, <laughs> when y'all Breeze. It's Breeze's birthday. I'm sorry. I just looked over and like, happy birthday. <laughs> we just talked about that. Bless my heart. I'm getting really a lot older because from the time that we were fellowshipping until right now, <laughs> I completely forgot. <clears throat> but it's Breeze's birthday. Happy birthday. I'm glad that you're in the Lord's house on your birthday. Yes. If anyone wants to, you know, give her a cake and some candles, then you're welcome to after church. <laughs> so, the, uh, this Gnosticism, the idea was that the body is entirely evil. This body is entirely evil and must be strictly denied. So, this gave way to the idea of asceticism, which was people fasting for really long periods of time. Sometimes they would even get to the point that they would whip themselves, and they would you know, flog their, their... They had long whips, and they would flog their backs and their, their torsos, and that sort of thing. They would go for long periods of time without speaking. So, this idea of Gnosticism gave way to that. But also... There was another side of it that said, well, since the body is entirely evil, the spirit man is all that matters. So whatever I do in the spirit is okay. That's good. You know, I'm, I'm praying to the Lord. I'm speaking to him in my spirit, but I'll just allow my body to do whatever. <laughs> that, was, that was an issue that they had from one extreme to the other. Gnosticism also developed the idea that a deity cannot be killed. Therefore, Jesus was not fully God and fully man. So we believe that Jesus was fully God, fully man. And we see throughout the gospel writers this idea of the, the tension that is between Jesus being human and having uh, needs and desires that a human would, but also the miraculous power that he had. So, the Gnostics said that Jesus, from the time that he was born until he was baptized by John the Baptist, he was just a human person. He was just a good person, and he was chosen by God. But that when he was baptized and the the dove descended upon him, that that's when he became God. So that for three years, yeah, y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm, I'm not saying that's right. Gnosticism—that's you know, gnosis, the special knowledge. So that that when the dove descended on him, that's when he became divine. And for three years, as he ministered, that is when he was fully God, fully man. But, that right before he was crucified, that the spiritual, the divine part of him went back to heaven. And which would explain why he said, my God, my God, why are you, have you forsaken me? That doesn't explain it, but that's a whole other thing. But that this was the idea that they had. So, John is writing for the purpose of saying, y'all are Incorrect, And I'm going to try to help correct you. So we see in chapter 4, verses 7 through 10 to begin. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So he begins by saying, beloved. This address is used five times in the book of First John three times within this chapter. This word in the Greek is agapetos, which means, so we see agape at the, at the beginning of that word, agapetos, which means worthy of love. So John is addressing this church, these churches in Asia Minor, and telling them that they're worthy of love. Because when I know that I'm worthy of love. Because he was John the beloved disciple. So he had experienced the love of Jesus. Calling him beloved. Worthy of love. So when Jesus addressed John. He said, you who are worthy of love. That that was what he said to him, agapetos, the one who is worthy of love. So when John received the love of Jesus and understood that he was worthy of love, he had no fear to tell others that they were loved. Because sometimes we have an issue, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but sometimes we have an issue that we don't want to give out. Because we're afraid we'll be depleted. I don't feel loved. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel important. So I'm not going to give out. Because what if no one else gives back to me. But when I understand that my security. Is from the agape. The God who is love then I have no fear to give out because no one else is my source. It doesn't matter if no one else loves me because I know that I'm beloved. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So John says to them, beloved, those who are worthy of love, let us be habitually loving one another. Now, what I'm what I'm reading to you now is kind of the the direct, exact um, translation from the Greek into English. So this is how it would sound to us. Let us be habitually loving one another with a divine and self sacrificial love. Self sacrificial. Because the source of this kind of love is God. Who we claim we know. Everyone who is habitually making a habit of choosing, everyone who is habitually choosing to love knows God in an experiential way. Okay, so hear this. When we love, it is because we have experienced God. Because we have felt and received the love that he gives, therefore we are able to habitually, not just once in a while, not just picking and choosing, but we are able to constantly and consistently give out love. He says, the one who does not love agape does not truly know God. Because his very nature is divine, self-sacrificing love. The nature of God. We want to know who God is. We want to seek after Him. His very nature is divine, self-sacrificing love. So if we are not giving out that kind of love, then we have not truly experienced God for all He is. We may know Him in a sense of, yeah, I know who He is. I know what He did for me. But to truly, really experience Him means that we are so full of the love of God that there, there's no choice but to give it back out. How do we know this? The proof of this kind of love, John tells us, is that God sent His only Son. How do we know that He is divine and self-sacrificing? Because He sent His only Son to die for us. There's there's no other explanation for what He did. There's no way that we would just give away our children. Yeah, sure, just take them. It's fine. No. No. It comes from this divine self-sacrifice. We have life through him, John says. In this he in this was manifest the love of God toward us because that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. Whoever considered that that idea, living through somebody You know you you don't have the opportunities that you want, so you say, you know, well, I, I want to give my kids better opportunities than I had. Lord of Mercy, I'm sure, Not me. I can't, I can't afford to give <laughs> that child all the opportunities that I had. But sometimes, sometimes we have this idea of, well, I didn't get to, so I I want to live through this person. I want them to go to this school or be in this career or I want them to go to this place or or choose to do this or that. And and people say we're living through them. See we're living through Jesus. Because I can't love like he did, but if I live through him, if he is my source If He's the channel through which. It says through Him. Because of. The channel of. For the sake of. If I'm living for the sake of Christ. Then I'm loving like He did. It says that He didn't wait until we could love Him. He loved us first. That in and of itself. There's no way that I could ever love Him. There's no way that I could ever earn enough to, to deserve his love, but he loved me first. He provided Jesus as the atonement for our sins. This word propitiation means that he became the payment. Jesus' death made us at one. This word atonement was was kind of a word that was made up by, by theologians at one with, atone. He made us at one with with God. In verses 11 through 16, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world whosoever shall confess that jesus is the son of god god dwelleth in him and he in god and we have known and believed the love that god hath to us god is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in god and god in him you are loved, therefore you owe love. Once again, John reminds them of their status. Worthy of love. He calls them beloved again in verse 11. So, beloved, you who are worthy of love, those around you are worthy of love as well. This makes us as believers indebted. We owe a debt of agape because God cannot be seen here on this earth. He says, no one has ever seen God, but he's put his spirit within us. So God can't be seen here, but we become his representatives. The proof to others that God is living in our hearts is our love for one another. That's God showing up here on earth. That's a manifestation of his presence is the fact that we are loving one another. His love is complete. It says that. That his love is perfected in us. This word perfected. In the Greek means complete. Accomplished or consummated. The way that we personally know. That God is living in us. And that we are living in God. Is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus in the in the upper room with his disciples that that last day when he was having the last supper with them he breathed on them and he said you're going to receive the holy spirit he said you are going to you are going to have another comforter i have to go to my father but i'm not going to leave you alone i'm going to send the comforter to come and he is going to lead you into all truth He is going to be with you. He's going to be in you. He's going to be a comforter and a paraclete. He's going to be the one who comes alongside you. So he's telling this to them. He's sharing this with them. The Holy Spirit is going to come on you. That's going to be the proof that I have gone back to my father. That's what he tells them. But then he says in the same situation, within those same few chapters in John, he said... A new commandment I give to you. love one another. And the word he uses is agape. Agape one another. By this, he didn't say, because he had just talked about the Holy Spirit, so he could have if, if he meant that the the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit was what was going to tell the world that we were Christians, he said, No, the way that all men will know that you are my disciples is by your love, one for another. So to us, the proof that Jesus has returned to heaven is the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. That we have the the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we know that we're Christians. We know that we have Jesus in our heart. We know that we're saved because the Holy Spirit guides us, because He's with us, because He comforts us. But the way that the world knows that we're believers, that we belong to God, is that we love. So we see two different proofs here, an internal proof and an external proof. John goes on to testify... Of the fully God, fully man. He says that, you know, that Jesus, we understand. He said, we saw him. We saw all the things that he did. We know who he is. So he's speaking against Gnosticism here. So this one, John, who knew Jesus in a personal human encounter, he said, we have known. He says to them, we have seen and do testify. That the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. We saw Him. We lived with Him. We walked with Him for three years. We experienced it side by side with Him. We can testify of the truth of who Jesus is. We have felt the love of God experientially. We have, you know, John especially, he felt that love. He he was called beloved by Jesus Himself. We walked with Him. We saw how He loved people. We saw how He loved us. We saw the ways that He served us. He bent down and He washed our feet. He broke the bread and said, Take this. This is my body that I give to you. He he gave us the cup and He said, Drink this because it's my blood that is poured out for you. We know He loved us because we felt it. We were there with him. We saw it in his eyes. We know that he loved us. But for those of you, and it was, so he's speaking to people who never got the opportunity to see Jesus in person, and that's us. So for those who never got to see Jesus, those who didn't have the privilege of walking beside him, must believe the love of God. We must believe the That what John is saying is true. We must believe that we feel and experience His love. In verses 17 through 21 it says, Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. I'm going to... I'm going to read that one again for my own benefit. <laughs> Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness. And this is, a, this is just a, a side note, an explanation. Okay, Herein is our love made perfect. Why do we need perfect love? So that we can have boldness in the day of judgment. So how is our love made perfect? Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, "I love God," and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So how can our love be accomplished? So John's not just giving us all these, y'all should love, y'all should love, y'all should love, and not telling us how. So how can our love be accomplished? How can we be able to stand boldly before the throne of judgment on that final day? John's given us some instructions here. This is the way that y'all can stand before God and know that you're right. Know that that you did what you were called to do. The way that Christ loves is the way that I love. As he is, so are we. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I represent. So Jesus isn't here on the earth in a physical form anymore. He was only here on the earth in a physical form for about 33 years. And then he ascended back to heaven, and he sent the Holy Spirit to come and live in our hearts. So we have a representation of the Trinity within our hearts. the The Holy Spirit lives within us. But so far as on the earth, God and Jesus are in heaven. We can pray to them. We can talk to them. They're they're they exist together. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> but. Because Jesus is not here in human form. We live through him. As he was on the earth. So are we. So when I consider. The way that I love. The way that I encourage. The way that I reach out. As Christ was, so are we. Can I say that? Am I able to say that? To be perfected in love results from loving like Christ. Grown up love. Mature love. Perfected love. Jesus said, you know, y'all say you you know, hate your enemies, love those that love you. Well, yeah, the, the all the evil people do that. The world does that. The heathens do that. They love those who love them, sure. But I'm saying to you, agape your enemies, agape those who have issue with you. Mm. That's grown-up stuff. That's maturity. And I'm not saying, please understand, because agape has a different connotation than the phileo, because phileo is going to be uh, a, a Philadelphia. Uh, yes, the Eagles. No, okay, no. Uh, we're not re- we're not representing for one or the other, but um, the you know Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love because it comes from the Greek word phileo, means brotherly love or friendship type of love to to come beside somebody and to to be. Comrades with them. So we feel Phileo for our family, for our close friends, certainly. Agape is a choice kind of love. It is desiring the best for someone. When they don't when they're not interested at all in the best for themselves, when they're not interested at all in even talking to us, you pray for them. And you don't talk about them. And you wish for their good. And when something bad happens to them, you pray for them again. That's grown-up love. That's what Jesus is asking us to do here. Oh, my. So here... He's talking about perfected love coming from Christ. So then he throws in fear. He's talking about love this whole time. You're beloved. You're beloved. You're worthy of love. God loves you. You should love people. Fear. And I wondered why. Why would he throw in fear in the middle of this conversation about love? So to agape or to phobos, that is the question He begins to contrast fear with love. This this word that he uses, and there are a few words for fear in the Greek, but this word is phobos, meaning alarm or frighten, dread or terror. In Greek mythology, and these people that he was speaking to, would have known all the the Roman gods and the Greek gods, and they would have known all this mythology. So as he's speaking to them, it would have put a different connotation in their mind using this particular word for fear. So in Greek mythology, Phobos was the god and personification, so divine and human, he was the god and personification of fear and panic. And in Greek mythology, Phobos would terrorize one person at a time. He was a twin, and his twin was also a god of fear, but, but he would terrorize whole groups of people. So this idea of the two of them in Greek mythology was that they were consuming people with fear, either in a, in a way to terrorize the, a whole section, a whole town, a whole city, or individually speaking to people, one by one, making them afraid. So John here says, you have to choose. Phobos who is a false god and being who represents fear or agape who is the true god the god who is love the god who was in heaven divine but physically here on earth The fully God, fully man. The person Jesus. He said you have to choose whether you are going to follow the God and personification of fear or the God and personification of love. So, there is no terror, there is no fear, there is no dread in complete love. In mature and grown up love. It says, perfect love casts out fear. This phrase, to cast out, literally means throwing out the door. So he's saying, complete love throws fear out the door. They cannot exist together. He said, because fear has torment. Meaning punishment or penalty. So this could mean that... This carries a fear of God's punishment. You know, he had just mentioned standing before the throne of God on the day of judgment. So it could mean that, you know, when we're afraid, we're, we're afraid that we're going to be judged. We're going to be found wanting in God's eyes. So there's fear and dread that goes with this. And John is saying, no, if you, if you have perfect love, there's no need to stand before God in fear. Because that was settled Your sin was settled when you accept Christ. And and when we sin, and he says this in the same book. If you sin, you have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus Christ the righteous. Just come back to him, confess your sin, and you'll be forgiven. So there's no reason to be fearful when we stand before God. If we have the blood of Jesus applied to our hearts. There's no more need for fear. Or he could be meaning that fear in and of itself is punishment. Because of the torture that it inflicts upon your mind. Because the thing is... When we make the choice to love... When we make the choice... To set aside our personal feelings... And seek the best for someone if we have not yet been made perfected in that love of God, then we begin to fear. What if I put myself out there and they hurt me again? What if I give this love to them and they don't reciprocate? What if God does not come through What if he doesn't answer? Am I doing enough for God? Am I worthy of God's love? And this fear comes in and begins to say all these things to us. That Phobos, one by one, he speaks these questions that would keep us from loving. That's going to make us hold on to... The love. Now please understand. Again, loving someone and having relationship with them is two different things. That's a whole nother a whole nother message, but that's loving someone, agapeing someone, is saying, I'm going to pray for you. I am going to to desire the best for you. If I can help give the best for you, that I will do that. Loving and agapeing someone is saying I'm not going to speak ill of you. Even if it's against what I want to. (laughs) That's agape. That's grown up love. That's tough. So, that idea of giving that out can make us nervous right at first. But when we understand that my source of love is not from anybody else, that person that hurt me, they're not my source of love. That person that talked junk about me, they're not my source of love. Even the people that think well of me and lift me up and encourage me, they're not my source of love. If I'm looking for a source outside of God then yes there is fear because people are fickle and they can change really easily but when I am being poured into when I am accepting of when I am receptive to the love that God has guaranteed me if you're not feeling loved by God it is not because God doesn't love you So, if we love him, we are only able to because he first poured out his love upon us. And then he ends with really strong words. He says, if, and of course we understand John meaning if, since. Since you love God, he's just, he's really, uh, he's believing in them. I know y'all love God. I'm talking to y'all. I know you do. You're here at this church. I know you love God. You're hearing my words. I know you love him. Since you love God, you must love your brother. And this word, brother, means literally or figuratively. So someone who is related to you or someone who is not. And someone who is near or remote. So those people who are close to you geographically. Those who are far away. Or those who are near to you emotionally. Or those who are far away, we are to love. He said, if not, you are falsifying your relationship with God. If you're not loving, if you're not agapeing, then something within you is false. The choice is ours. See, both, both of these emotions are matters of choice. Agape is the God love. A choice that we make to seek the best for someone. Not because we want to. Oh, golly. Not because we want to. I'm saying these things to y'all. Hey, I can, I can, think, of, I can think of those situations in my own life. I don't want to love you. <laughs> but it's a choice. To seek the best for someone. Because we are choosing to be obedient to God's command. Fear is also an emotion that we can surrender to. You know, if it's if it was not something that we could control, God would not have used the phrase, fear not, so very often. He tells us, fear not. God, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Fear not. Buck up allow the truth to come in yeah choose what you think of put away those thoughts that are causing you fear tell the enemy to hush and allow the truth of god's word to sink in so there are a few reasons that we should choose love the first is love is an obligation Now, we don't really want to be obligated to do things but john's telling us here love is an obligation i'm only doing this and if you, if that makes you feel good for a little while right at first while you're getting used to loving you can i'm only doing this because i'm obligated to okay and that's fine if you have to do it that way right at first i'm i'm not gonna condemn you no worries i'm only loving you you say that in your mind you please don't say that to a person because that's that's probably grounds for a fight i'm, I'm only loving you because god told me i have to no, don't don't do that okay please but in your mind you're welcome to say that that makes you feel better so love is an obligation because god chose to agape us he he didn't have to he is the god of the whole universe He didn't have to love us. He didn't have to send his son to die for us. But because that's who he is. He is agape. So because he chose to agape us, we are under a moral obligation to agape one another. This is not an opportunity to pick and choose who we will love. Again, I am not trying to say, please understand... I'm not trying to say that you've got to be friends and close with everybody. Because it, it just, it probably can't happen. But we can make the choice to pray for everybody. And we can make the choice to speak well of, or, as, as Thumper would say, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. <laughs> so... There is no real qualification for who we are to love. John does mention the term brother, which can be understood as those near and far, those naturally related, or those spiritually related. So before you justify not loving somebody, <laughs> because they're not your brother, consider this. When when that young lawyer came to Jesus and, and said, well, you know, what are the greatest commandments, and, and so... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then the lawyer said, and and the writer notes the the lawyer, in order to justify himself, said, "Well, who is my neighbor? We certainly never do that, right? Justify ourselves. <clears throat> okay. So willing to justify, who is my neighbor? He was looking for an excuse not to love everyone. Well, I can find a loophole, I'm sure, because that person doesn't live next to me. <sighs> they're not my geographical neighbor, so therefore... Or they're not my blood relation brother, so I... <sighs> he used a male term, brother, so I'm sure that I can be fine with not liking some certain women. no, no. A book that I read, I'm going to paraphrase a quote. The question is not what will happen to me if I love the unloved, but what will happen to the unloved if I do not love them. We're asking the wrong question sometimes what's going to happen to me? Your responsibility is to God. He loves you if no one else does. If no one else ever loves you, God loves you. So the love that we give out should be to those who feel unloved and unlovable. Because maybe they don't understand that God loves them, but we do. We have the testimony of the Holy Spirit that that Jesus lives within us, that the Holy Spirit is within our hearts. We know that we belong to Him because of this. What will happen to those if we don't love them? If we don't pray for them? If we don't speak well of them? If we don't encourage them? What will happen to them? Not what's going to happen to me. If I'm living right, I'm good. The Lord's going to take care of me.
2: What's going to happen
1: to them? The second thing we see is that love is a testimony. Jesus told the disciples, and of course John I've said that. John was listening. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, by your agape, one for another. Again, the two proofs that were mentioned here within this book that John wrote the holy spirit is the proof to believers that we are living right and that god dwells within our hearts but the proof to the world that we are who we are is our love these proofs work in tandem they have to so when Je- when, when John says here if you don't love then you don't know god and we think well that's pretty harsh uh, come on now. That's tough. Why Why? Are you... I don't know if you can... You just don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. And how can you say that if I don't love, that I don't know God? And, and then if I say I love God but hate my brother, then I'm a liar. How, how can you say that I'm falsifying my relationship with God? And we, we begin to get aggravated. And we begin to justify ourselves. Okay, I'm not... Please understand. I, I'm... I'll just look straight at the camera because I have been in that place before. Okay? I'm not I'm not saying anything to y'all that I have that I don't know personally to be true. But these two things work in tandem, the proof to us that we belong to Christ and the proof to the world that we belong to Christ. Because think of this. When Paul said in Galatians, the fruit of the spirit is Oh wait said so that the fruit of the spirit is there we go so if the spirit is within me the proof to me that I that I belong to Christ if the spirit is within me then the first fruit of that the initial evidence of the holy spirit dwelling within me is my love And before we protest, because I know, and sometimes I do, before we protest that we have nothing to prove, consider this. We often say that we're going to live out our faith. I'm going I'm to live out my faith to people. I'm going to live out my faith. I'm not even going to have to say a word. I say that too. I'm going to live out my faith, and I'm not going to have to say a word. Well, how do you plan to do that? What's your proof going to be? You going to read the Bible in front of them? If you do, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, rag on that. You're going to read the Bible in front of them? Oh, yeah, that's great. That's fine. You're going to listen to Christian music in, in front of them? That's fine. That's great. That's wonderful. You'll watch preaching where they can see you? That's wonderful. But none of those things are the initial way that we show. Those practices are fantastic, and you can do all of those. But the proof to the world, the proof without us having to speak anything about Jesus, the proof to the world that we belong to Christ is our love one for another. So my living out my faith in front of people initially begins with how I am loving If you say that you love God but you detest and persecute that the word hate here means to detest and persecute so detest a heart attitude and persecute the things that come out of your mouth if you detest and persecute your brother you're falsifying your relationship with God Another thing that we have to, a reason that we have to love is a sign of maturity. Perfected love, mature love, grown-up love makes us love one another. Perfected love throws fear out the door. We don't have to fear judgment because we know we're loving right. We know we're loving like Jesus and we can stand before the throne of God and say, yes, I loved. Yes, I loved. I was your representative because Jesus is not here on earth anymore, but we are Jesus to the world. As he was, so are we. And if you need to write that down somewhere to remind yourself, as he was, so are we. He can't be here on the earth, so he has me. We can we don't have to fear judgment because our sins have been covered by the blood of jesus that that fear is no longer a part of who we are. But also, I don't have to live questioning God's love. I don't have to live with insecurity or entertain the dread of rejection because I know that my source is not from anyone other than God. I know that if, if father or mother forsake me, the Lord will raise me up. Just like David said, the Lord is here for me. When we choose love, That results in the defeat of fear. When we choose agape, that helps us to grow. Love is the right choice because love is an obligation, love is a testimony, and love is a sign of maturity. (sighs) And I know I sounded grumpy strong, harsh. But y'all, we gotta get this right. We have got to get this right. Because if we are, since we are the light to the world, if we can't get our love right, it's gonna be hard to show the world the light of Jesus. We have got to get this right. And if you're struggling, that's okay. Because sometimes I struggle too. Sometimes I have a hard time. When I think about the aggravations that people have caused, (laughs) when I think about, ah, if only, if only people knew. But that's not grown up, that's not mature. Cause my justification is not in other people hearing all the bad. That doesn't justify me before God. What justifies me is that I, I loved and I prayed for. Yeah. Lord help me, Lord help me. So today, as the music plays, and again, I, I don't, I don't want anyone to feel condemned or beat up. I promise. Don't leave here I'm like golly. <laughs> But I want us to understand that it is possible. It is possible to get to that point. So whatever posture you need to pray, whatever however you need to receive today, you do that. If it's if it's standing, if it's sitting, if it's bowing down here at the altar, whatever you need to do, you get in that posture and receive from the Lord. Heavenly Father. The God who is love, the God who is agape, the God, the God who is the demonstration of the divine and self-sacrificial love that gave Jesus, that wouldn't allow us to to die in our sin, but who sent His only Son. Father, we come to you now. You are the one. Father, you see that oftentimes we have struggles. God, I put myself in that place that I decide who deserves love and who doesn't. Sometimes based on their actions, sometimes based on the way that they've treated me or treated someone that I love, sometimes I think that person isn't worthy of love and I'm not going to pray for them or I'm not going to. Be nice to them and God forgive me. God forgive me for those times that I have done that. Those times that I've been petty. Those times
2: that I have refused to serve in love. Father God,
1: I ask for a cleansing. For myself and for each person who's here. Each person who may be watching. Father, I pray for a cleansing. God, that you would just work in our lives. That that you would help us. Because God, sometimes it's tough to make that choice. Sometimes it's difficult to pour out what we don't think we have. But God, I pray you would pour into our hearts right now. God, I pray that you would begin to help us to recognize and understand your love for us. Lord, because when we see that you agape us, that you choose to love us in our in our mess-ups, in the times that we have disappointed you and hurt you, God, we when we see that, and that when we can recognize and call out, God, that you you say that we are agapetos, worthy of love god that each person here is worthy of your love not because we've done good but god because you are good god we just lift you up and we praise you and right now i ask that you would help us even if it has to begin as an obligation that you would help us to love that you would help us to recognize our obligation to love people If it has to start that way, that's okay. I'm only doing this because I'm told to. I'm only doing this because I have to. And God, as we do it more and more, that it becomes a habit. And then it becomes something within our hearts. Heavenly Father, I ask you now that you would help us to be a testimony. That you would help us to honor you. That the world would see you through us. Heavenly Father, I ask you that you would work and move in our lives. Make us a testimony. And God, I pray that you would help us to grow up. That we would become mature in love. Not to deny that that issues have happened. Not to deny that we're hurting. Not to deny that people have treated us unfairly. But to understand that we got to grow up. That we got to grow up. That we have to extend the love that has been extended to us. Heavenly Father, I surrender to you now. I just ask you to have your will in your way in each and every person. Lord, you know what we need. There are things deep within our hearts that you're going to have to root out, that you're going to have to clean up, that you're going to have to put a salve on. And God, I ask for that now. Heavenly Father, I just, I ask for each person, I just speak over them right now that they would receive your love, that they would know and understand, no matter what the enemy has said to them, that they are worthy of your love. They are worthy of your love and that they represent you. Heavenly Father, work and move in us. We need you this morning. We need you to give us help and strength. God, we need you. We need you. We thank you. We praise you. We trust that you are going to plant within our hearts this seed. And that you are going to make it grow. We ask you to water. To bring forth fruit. Holy Spirit, bring forth the fruit of your love. We thank you, God. thank you. And now we speak over your people. May Yahweh, may the God of love bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and may he give you his peace.
0: In Jesus' name, amen.